Hi everyone, I'm Emma Choi and welcome to Everyone and Their Mom, a weekly show from Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. This week we're talking about an ostrich escape drill with Wait Wait panelist, comedian, and a man who I imagine has a frequent buyer's card at the Times Square M&M store. It's Josh Gondelman. What's up? Hello. You know, I appreciate the sentiment. I prefer to source my M&Ms locally. Mm, mm-hmm. Interesting. So I get all my M&Ms at the local bodegas I and actually, such. Um, I actually thrift all of my M&Ms. Secondhand M&Ms? Yeah, yeah. The slogan for, for used M&Ms is melts in your mouth, not in your second hand. <laughs> Cool. Well, Josh, I'm real excited to talk to you about the story this week. I'm very excited. Yes, a zoo in Thailand was in the news for their animal escape plan, where they put one of their employees in an ostrich costume and practiced catching him. Interesting. Yes. When you said ostrich escape plan, I thought it was like, in case you need to get the ostriches out, <laughs> like to a safe house or something, to yeah, a second yeah. location. That's a different one, right? Yes, right? yes, yes. The, that's in case the ostrich get into some serious gambling debt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, zoos practice for animal escape all the time, but this zoo practiced the heck out of it, Josh. They made one of their employees dress up in full costume and made him live-action role-play this escaping ostrich. Cool. Yeah. Would you rather be the one dressed up as the ostrich or the one of the zookeepers trying to catch the ostrich person. The the fear would be too much for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, also, it's like, what if I'm not as fast as an ostrich? Am I I I setting the wrong time? I know, they're so fast. I know, literally. Well, okay. The pictures, I wish I could show you, the pictures of this drill brought some of the purest joy I have Mm -hmm. felt in my life. The costume is like, um... I can paint you a picture. Yes, I'm closing it's like, my eyes. Yes, a black puffed out trash bag okay. swathed around him, mm-hmm. right? He's got running shoes on. Okay. He's got like a really scary, realistic neck and head of an ostrich okay. as a hat. And he's got half a face of white face paint on. Okay. Yeah, it's almost like the Babadook, you know, but <laughs> yeah, like more yeah, yeah. animalistic. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the drill basically consisted of him falling out of his nest like ostriches might do. Okay. Um, And then just like absolutely running around the zoo until yeah. someone finally caught him with, this is true, a giant net. Ooh. Yes. I guess that's the tool they use, right? I guess. I don't think they use, like, lassoes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, my God. Josh, how do you think they picked this person? Were they, like, the best zookeeper or were they, like, you know, they had to do it as their worst zookeeper? So I think if they're smart, they weren't evaluating on the metrics of zookeeping. Sure. They were thinking, which person on staff mm-hmm best embodies the qualities of an ostrich, mm-hmm. regardless of what that means for them. <laughs> right. Either, right? Like, who's got long, slender, fast legs? Long, slender, fast legs. Long, slender, fast legs. Long, slender, fast legs. Can you introduce yourself for us? Oh, dear. I could make the short <laughs> version, which is I'm a tall, skinny, goofy actor from, from, from uh, movies and television, often playing creatures and monsters under heavy rubber makeups. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, now transitioning more into humans as I as I age. A lot of people might not know that they know you because you're the face behind some sci-fi and fantasy's best-known creatures like the hot fish guy from Shape of Water, uh, the creepy-looking alien Saru on Star Trek, the terrifying guy with eyes on his hands from Pan's Labyrinth. And Doug, I have to tell you, I am a little bit scared of you after I saw you in Pan's Labyrinth. Are you Are you a scary man? Not in real life. I'm kind of like Mr. Rogers, really. I wear, I wear a lot of cardigan sweaters and ties and I hug people without without wanting to eat them. 
Um, well, Doug, we want to talk to you about this story we're obsessed with this week. Um, it's about this zoo in Thailand that ran an escaped animal drill by making one of their zookeepers dress up as an ostrich and run around the zoo as the ostrich. And the other zookeepers had to practice catching him. And we just like love this method physical performance, you know? Uh-huh. If you were cast as an ostrich, how would you get into the role? Oh, right. Uh, this doesn't sound far off from my career. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, first of all, first of all, when you t- I've played many animal-man hi- hybrids over the years, yes. uh, as well as mm-hmm. fantasy characters that don't exist on Earth but might elsewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. And when you're taking on a, a researchable uh, animal type, um, you want to observe, and, and a trip to the zoo can help. Um, okay. uh, so if I if I were going to play an ostrich, I would go watch ostriches. I would watch them walk around, see how their legs hit the ground. How do they mm-hmm. shift their weight? How does their neck move as they walk? How does their neck move as they lean down to eat or drink? Mm-hmm. How do they interact with each other? Do they do they touch each other? Do they get aggressive with each other? How all right. of those things want to come into play. Then I might take that information and the script I'm given, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. what has to happen in my scenes, mm-hmm. and I uh, might take that to a 24-hour fitness kind of place where I, I can use the aerobics floor after the classes are done for the day, use the mirrors oh. and the big dance floor, and I can start walking around and seeing how do, how do I make my human body turn into this ostrich, right? Mm-hmm. Then the next thing that informs your performance is going to be the costume or makeup that's put on you. It, it, cool. it will give you enhancements or restrictions that will mm-hmm. that will then inform the performance. Well, let's talk about costumes because I love you on what we do in the shadows as the Baron. <laughs> yes. And I know the Baron has some pretty heavy prosthetics and so does your other roles like Shape of Water mm-hmm. had pretty involved costuming. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what was, is that like really hard to manipulate yourself in that kind of costuming? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's never yeah. easy, uh, but there's very varying degrees of difficulty, mm-hmm. depending on the design and how far away yeah. from human you're getting. Mm-hmm. That's the basic rule of thumb. The farther from human you get, the harder it's going to be to perform in. The hardest thing I've ever done was uh, probably when I played the mother bug in a movie called Bug Buster. And I'll bet you haven't okay. seen that, have you? No, but no. I'm interested now. No, well, okay. Well, dip your toe in first before you commit. But um, <laughs> I was a an insect, a giant insect. So it was involved me crouching over and having a stinger coming yeah. out of my backside and six legs oh. and yeah. uh, oh, and a head that that was attached to the top of my head. So I was looking through the neck. <sighs> So that that was just one complication after another, and I was really happy when that wrapped and I could take it off. Yeah, I bet. I yeah. mean, that makeup must have taken forever. How do you, like, sit through hours of makeup without going crazy? Well, the the makeup applications are the easiest part of my day. I get to okay. sit still. I, I get to sit still. And there are some people, <laughs> some people who don't do not do that very well, right? I, I'm, not, mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people who has to be doing something all the time. That works well in a makeup chair. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the real the real test for me is when now I have to go to the set and perform and have come alive and keep my energy up all day yeah. while wearing something that is hot and heavy and sticky and yeah. cumbersome. Yeah. Do you have like an eject button in case you need to pee real bad or want to eat a breakfast? Oh, burrito? you know, if you want to get into the pee, uh, you know, conversation, <laughs> this is it's that gets complicated too. Sure. Like the shape of water, your uh, amphibian man. He was mm-hmm. he was a naked fish man basically, and my 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 naughty bits were were hidden under a flap. I so I had a flap, but I also had uh, webbed 
clawed hands. Right. So mm-hmm. getting to the flap and being able to negotiate my business was, mm, mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It sounds like the whole, like, with the rubber gloves, it's like taking oven mitts and trying to, like, turn on the stove. It, like, That's exactly what work, it's like. Man. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Is it okay? Can we go back to the beginning for a second? Like, um, what? how did this start? What kind of kid were you? Were you always, you know, doing backflips in gym? No, no, uh... I was a, a, again, oddly enough, a very tall, skinny boy uh, (laughs) with a very, very long, skinny neck that was that was uh, that was a focal point for mockery. Uh, mm-hmm. Other kids can be very cruel, and so I, I yes, was I called. Can, yeah. you, you mentioned ostrich. Uh, I was called an ostrich more times than I can count. Oh, that's no. why. So I finally looked up what one looked like, and I was like, "Oh, that's not a compliment if you're a human." <laughs> so uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so basically, I had to develop a sense of humor and a class clown sort of personality, so that. I could control when and why they were laughing at me, mm-hmm. right? Well, I hope this isn't uh, traumatic for you to talk no, about ostrich. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm proud. This guy we're talking about in the ostrich suit, I'm very proud of him. Me too. He's doing yeah. this all, all of us ostriches proud out here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very much a planner. I really respect Mm. the zoo for, like, planning for this kind of, like, wild occasion, you know? Like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a planner. You don't? I think if I owned a zoo, like, if I – because I wouldn't rise through the ranks of zoo professionals. I don't have the skills. So if I acquired one Matt Damon style, perhaps, I just bought bought myself a zoo. Yeah. Then I think it would be a little loosey-goosey. All the geese would be loose. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it would – I just don't have that requisite uh-huh. um, circumspect. Like, I think if if an ostrich went loose in my zoo, yeah. we'd be like, oh, wish I'd thought to prepare for this. <laughs> I guess uh, <laughs> I guess we should have had someone dress up like this and yeah, run the run drill. Around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. I, I had, there was a period in my life where every night I would pack um, – I would pack a satchel in case there was a fire during the night. So sure. grab and go. Like any normal kid. I did have – this is last night. Yeah. I did have the thought – I don't I hope I don't sleep too deeply because I what if something important happens and I don't wake up? <laughs> like, That's not a healthy thought to have. No. What do you mean by important? Like well, Princess Diana comes back to life? I yeah, my wife would wake me up for that. Right, right, right. <laughs> but my dog, I have a very uh, old dog. Oh, pug, yes. Yeah, she's an elderly pug and a senior pug they call her. Yes. I was like, I don't want to sleep too well mm-hmm. because what if she has to go out? Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, and yeah. I can't I don't wake up to take her out. Yeah. So uh, instead, I'll just sleep badly for the rest of my dog's life. And that's what a dad is. That's what being right? a father is. Yeah. That is. It's worry. It's worry. It's worry. If anyone knows about worrying about an animal escaping, it's our friend comedian Julia Young here to tell us an epic tale. Hi, I'm Julia Young, and I'm on the phone with my mom, Martha. Hi, Mom. Hi, Juju. Mom, right now we're going to tell the story of when our guinea pig escaped. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So, in the this is the 90s, correct? We had a guinea pig. Yep, you all were in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And we, we need- had a guinea pig. He was, Yeah, he was calico. I think he was called a teddy bear guinea pig. We got him from the pet store at the Plymouth Mall. Okay. Shout out to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, so he, he, we named him Speedy. Yes, because he was Speedy. Yeah, he was fast. <laughs> and, you know, all, all three of us kids kind of took, took turns taking care of him. 
Well, yeah, sort of. <laughs> you disagree? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. So um, I remember one day, um, somehow he escaped into the the Pacassandra in front of our house. I do remember that day. And he was gone forever, and we were all pretty distraught. And then what happened a few weeks later? Well, do you want to hear my side of it? Yeah. After about, I'd say, less than a month, I think you guys were tired of taking care of Speedy. Okay. And so it was mainly on me, and I just was getting tired of Speedy. I really had no fond feelings for him, except as a fellow human, as a fellow living creature. So I decided, you know what, let's, let me let him have a better life outside in the wild. And so I actually let him out of his cage in the Pacassandra in front of our house. And I said, I bid him a fond farewell. And I said, go live and enjoy, Speedy. So two days later, I was outside in our front yard, and I see a man walking from the apartments around the block, and he had something in his hands, and I thought, no. And he came, and I knew it was Petey. He came, he, he came up to me, and he said, is this your guinea pig? Wow. So I had to take Speedy back. And we all agreed that Speedy would have a happier life if we took him back to the pet store. And it turned out that the teddy bear guinea pigs, or whatever he was, a calico, were actually prized for breeding. Oh. So actually, he did have a better life because he got to be put out to stud. <laughs> and that was the end of Speedy, and I will never have a guinea pig again. But also, did you think a guinea pig could survive in the wild? Not really. Birdiest part of the podcast, the credits. This show is brought to you by Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This episode was produced by Haley Fager, Zola Ray, and Oaha Lopez, with help from Blythe Robertson, Lillian King, Sophia Hernandez Simeone, this, and all the ostriches out there. Shout out to the ostriches. Our supervising producer is Jennifer Mills, and our boy King is Mike Danforth. Once again, Lorna White, you do the sound the best. We love you. Thank you to comedian Julia Young's mom, Martha. Okay, are you going to introduce me as mom or Marty or Mrs. Young? Cece LaRue? And Julia Young for adding to the mom count on our show. Mom! We love moms. Doug Jones, thank you for being the nicest monster man I've ever met. He's the nicest guy in the world. I've been waiting my whole life for his next movie, Hocus Pocus 2, premiering September 30th on Disney+. Thank you to my co-host, comedian, wait, wait, panelist, and god-tier pug father, Josh Gondelman. I really want Ben Affleck to be okay. His stand-up special, People Pleaser, is available to stream now. I'm Emma Choi, and you can find me at Wait Wait NPR and yelling at the trash truck that is literally always outside of my room while we're recording. Can you hear that? Listen. Okay, that's what it sounds like. Go away, trash truck. That's it. This is NPR. Oh, my God.